Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Monday afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Alex Ward, a former Oak Grove High School quarterback, now an offensive consultant with Troy University, will be on the show today. Tim Hallman. Former offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles as well. Kelly's about to join us. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue. If you didn't order Dickie's this past Saturday at your tailgate, you missed out. But you can do it again this Saturday. Dickie's uh, will will cater an event for any size, uh, anywhere. And so if you want to be the hit of tailgating on the Southern Miss campus this weekend, make sure you order from Dickie's. Kelly Center was on the Southern Miss campus this weekend and in the Rock Saturday night as the Golden Eagles beat Grambling University rather easily, 37 to nothing. Kelly, your impressions of uh, the Golden Eagles? A win is a win is a win. That's the way I look at it. For sure. And, and you said easily, Bob, sitting there, you know, in the first half, it, <laughs> right. it, was, right. it was a little touch and go there for a while and had people kind of scratching, scratching their heads a little bit. Um, but then things kind of, you know, kicked into into gear there in the second place. I'll tell you a couple things, you know, stand out. Number one is I love the style of defense, even though, of course, the, the, the team was beaten by South Alabama. I think everybody would agree that the defensive unit played pretty doggone well, even if it was, you know, in a loss. Um, but just the style of play that the defense um, is getting accustomed to I really like, and I think the fan base is appreciating that as well. And it's difficult to pitch a shutout, and I don't care. I don't care who you're playing, you know. Um, it, it's really difficult when you, when you have a big lead too. I mean, even the best schools in the country will give up a touchdown or two late. You know, they let other guys get in and play and things like that. It's tough to pitch a shutout. I hope that the situation with Trey Lowe and Luke's going to hopefully be able to update us a little bit later on on Trey Lowe's situation. I hope that this doesn't become a con- a quarterback controversy uh, because that's, that's never good. And because it kind of forces people to be on, you know, team low or, you know, uh, team keys, you know, whoever you want this to be a united effort in uh-huh. one way or the other. If Trey Lowe is not the starter, I don't ever want anybody to be injured, but if he's not the starter, I hope that is the reason. Right. Well, so let me ask you this question, and then we'll get Luke in the conversation. I don't want to take anything away from Keyes. He he played well for a freshman. But isn't it true, Kelly, that you're in the second half of a game against a lesser opponent with fewer players, fewer scholarships, and almost always the D1 team wears that team down in the second half. And that's clearly what happened Saturday night. So, Keys, did he not benefit to some degree by the fact that uh, perhaps Grambling was worn down a little bit by the second half? That's certainly a reasonable point. But you also want to build his confidence, right? Um, and and put him in a put him in a position to where he can succeed. And again, the coaches, 
the coaches are with these guys every single day and see the reps that take place in practice. And these coaches, Will Hall said, he said, man, I'm fighting for my life. So I have confidence that the coaches are going to play the player that they, you know, think gives the Eagles the best, the best chance to win. And let me tell you, they need to do that this coming Saturday because Troy is a really good team uh, coming in here. And remember, South Alabama was projected to finish fourth on their side of the, the Sun Belt ledger. And, of course, they're, what, 2-0 and now. South Alabama is, and Troy was projected to finish second on that same side. So you know the team coming in here Saturday is going to be a good team, and it's really going to be a game that could make or break the Eagles because they then, of course, go to uh, Alabama, who could very well win the national championship You know, the next week before coming in against uh, an improved Rice team. So this is there's a lot riding on this game this coming Saturday. All right, Luke Johnson, is there a quarterback controversy or does uh, the starter get his job back as soon as he's healthy? Yeah, I think it depends on how Tykees plays. Now, here's here's the thing. To your point, there was more energy in the second half. I think that's just naturally, uh, you know, you get your eyes on a, another guy. At the same token, if Trelo would have stayed in the game, the Golden Eagle offensive line would have opened up some of those same runs. Now we saw Keys get loose, and uh, you know he busted. I think it was like a thirty or forty yard run, but I think it was inevitable that the Southern Miss offensive line take charge as they did. Keys, uh, I mean, Low was ten of thirteen when he left the ball game. Keys was four of eleven. The two things that that I liked about Keys uh, specifically, he made a throw, a comeback throw on the sideline. It was a bullet, and then the touchdown throw was nice. Uh, but but you saw some of the early jitters with the fumble. I mean. If if you if you ride into the season with Trello, I don't think a foot injury you know robs him of his starting position. But at the same token, if he's out multiple weeks and the team responds to Tykees and he plays you know above a, a true freshman, I think you got to ride the hot hand. What do we know about that injury, Luke? Anything? I mean, on the sidelines, there's no press conference today, uh, so you you don't know uh, anything really till tomorrow before you can get any comment whatsoever. On the sidelines, Saturday night, he was in a boot and he was on crutches, so that that tends to tell you that you know it's more than maybe just a, a turned ankle. We'll have to to wait and and see what Will Hall says after the game. Um, specifically, Will Hall said, uh, you know, he, he kind of avoided what you said about a, any type of quarterback. Uh, issue or anything. He said, we have to find out how serious Trey's injury is, and then we'll go from there. It's hard for me to assess it without watching tape. Obviously, everybody felt Ty's energy when it came into the game, but Trey was 10 of 13 with one right, touchdown when right. he got hurt, so he was playing well, too. He played well, yeah, right. All right, three and a half minutes left. Kelly, we're going to bring you back at the end of the show, but we want to touch on this this rumor that is uh, just buzzing everywhere on social media. That is a realignment of the Sun Belt conference that includes Southern Miss. What can you share today? Really, most of the reports are surfacing out of the state of Virginia, which is where James Madison uh, University uh, is located. Now, James Madison is a one AA football powerhouse that won some national championships. What's problematic about the rumor is that just that, James Madison is a one AA program at this point. Uh, any move to the Sun Belt would make them jump to to 1a which is certainly you know which is certainly doable particularly with the football reputation that the dukes have at james madison now the reason that that you you might think there's some credence to this is several fold number one it's an odd grouping of schools that are being rumored as leaving james madison 
which is one double A. Obviously, Sunbelt will be a step up. Old Dominion, which is also over on the seaboard. All right, then Marshall and Southern Miss. All right, no mention of UAB, but again, you already have a, two Sunbelt teams from Alabama. When you pull up the Sunbelt Conference's website, the only state in the Sunbelt that does not have a Sunbelt team in that conference is Southern Miss. It has also been very quiet on the campus of Southern Miss with our various sources. Normally, if it's an absolute no on a situation, people will say that's absolutely not true. Now, they're either lying, but people, you know, you develop a relationship with your sources, you know, that they wouldn't generally outright lie to you. But they're not saying anything, okay, which, which, is, a little bit, which is a little bit odd. The athletic director, excuse me, the conference commissioner for the Sun Belt is Keith Gill. And Keith Gill has been very vocal in this whole process now at the Big 12. He said that Sun Belt is going to be very aggressive in pursuing teams and making sure that they, you know, protect their interests. So that would certainly fall uh, in line. All right. the, the AAC, real quick, how much time I got, Bob? I've got a minute left. Okay, real quick. People talk about the AAC, but when you talk, when you look at the budgets of the remaining schools in the AAC, for Southern Miss to really get into the AAC, they would have to make a financial commitment that, honestly, I'm not sure that the university is in any position to make. It would be a huge further financial commitment. And I just, I just don't know, I, again, and I'm, and I'm one of us, okay? I just don't know that as a, as a group, the financial commitment could be made to the AAC that they would be looking for. All right, 30 seconds left of the segment. We'll get back to this topic later in the show, but Luke, your thoughts real quickly. I think there's a decent chance that if Georgia State doesn't go to the American, that UAB will. Uh, I, I do think as far as the, the West is set up, Southern Miss would be in a Sunbelt West Conference. It bodes better than what they're in right now. Conference USA has zero leadership. The Sunbelt is a more viable option. It would be good for baseball. I just I don't know what Jeremy McLean's thoughts on it are. It seems like in the last several years he thought it may be a, a lateral move or a downward move. But, yeah, you just got to wait and see what happens to the American and is Southern Miss going to be proactive or not. All right, interesting stuff. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. Also, Kelly's going to do some bloviating, I'm sure, about the about the Cincinnati Bengals actually winning a game. That'll Super be Super Bowl bound. Super Bowl bound. There, there's a taste of what you're in. You picked for. against them. We all <laughs> missed that pick. All right, offensive consultant for Troy University, Alex Ward, is next, next on the Eagle Hour. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. Glad you're with us on a Monday afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. They were rocking and rolling Saturday with Southern Miss fans, and no doubt it'll be the same this Saturday. You can shop there six days a week on Hardy Street right across from the campus. 
or you can uh, get online, campusbookmark.net. Miss Kathleen will take care of you however you choose to shop. Tim Hallman, former offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles, coming up in a few minutes. But right now, Alex Ward joins us. Alex is a former Oak Grove guy, a quarterback at Oak Grove High School, graduated there in 2016, and now is an offensive graduate assistant with Troy University. Alex, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Nice to be here. How are you today? Well, we're good. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Uh, you and I talking off air, you got a good look at that Liberty quarterback. Uh, Troy lost a really close game, 21-13, uh, to Liberty over the weekend. But, boy, they, they have a legit NFL quarterback, and uh, tr- uh, Liberty's quite a good football program, aren't they? They are. We uh, we just didn't execute well enough. I mean, um we feel like obviously you're gonna you're gonna say that you feel like you're the better team when you when you lose a game like that. But um, that that quarterback Malik Willis is a bona fide NFL guy. He should be a first round draft pick. And uh, we lost a, a close ball game to a heck of a ball team. A lot of Southern Miss fans, and I think rightly so, say the Troy game coming up this weekend is a real measuring stick for this new regime and, and where the Southern Miss program is today. Uh, it's a big challenge, I think, for the Golden Eagles. What sort of football program and team uh, does Troy bring into the Rock this weekend, Alex? Uh, tough, physical. Um, we're going to try to get after you every play, um, especially up front on, on the offensive line who I work with. Is um, We kind of bring that, that Gata attitude, and uh, I don't want to explain what Gata, Gata means on air, but um, try to get after <laughs> I think, you. I think I got that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Um Try to try to get after you and um, just just play fast and play well. Right, uh, Luke, get in here with Alex Ward. Alex, talk about you. You talked about how good uh, you guys are up front, and uh, the guy really jumps off to me is uh, I believe his last name's Colo, Will Colo, if I mispronounce him. Just correct me, but he had four tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, along with eight tackles against Liberty. Kind of starts with him up front for uh, for your defensive line. Right, it, and it's uh, it's Will Cholo. Um, and sure. he's he's a guy that that comes in every day and, and works works his tail off. I mean, he's he was voted a team captain by the his players, his peers, and um, that says a lot about who he is as a person. Um, he's he's a very good player and um, even better person. Five sacks uh, against a really mobile quarterback against the Hugh Freeze offense. And, uh, you know, you look at what you guys did. That's what I guess I was impressed most about in in the Liberty game. Uh, you know, they they ran the ball but didn't throw the ball very well. They had less than 350 yards on offense, which is an anomaly for a Hugh Freeze offense. Right. Our defense played well. They gave us a chance to win the game. And um, offensively, we didn't execute. And uh couldn't really get in a rhythm. Um, they did a really good job of, of holding the ball and controlling the clock. I think um, they had the ball 11 minutes in the in the second quarter, um, like 12 in the in the third, and eight or nine in the in the fourth. So they they really controlled the clock, and uh, which was different than what Hugh Freeze is kind of known for, playing fast, playing with a lot of yeah. tempo. But um, they did a really good job. They had a really good plan uh, to come in here and and get a win. Trojans uh, weren't able to uh, to run the ball uh, really well, but but Taylor Powell, I mean, he threw for more than Willis did, and, and uh, we're we're familiar with Coach Lindsey when he was our offensive coordinator. But uh, talk about Taylor Powell and what he brings to the Trojan offense. Uh, Taylor's a great kid. Um, he's he's up here as much as the coaches are. Um, Watching film, preparing. He's he's a big um, study guy. He loves Peyton Manning, so he's he's always in the office. 
Um, and, he, and he's an experienced guy. He's a grad transfer from Missouri, so he's played in big football games. He's played on the big stage. Um, and, and that's how he carries himself, and that's what you want as a quarterback. I mean, he's, you can't speak enough about his work ethic and, and how hard he, he prepares to get prepared for that, uh, that, that game on Saturday. Alex, I want to talk to you about your time at Oak Grove, but before I do that, I want to get your thoughts about this. Uh, you got Troy University, South Alabama, UAB, all really good uh, Division One programs uh, in the state of Alabama. It's not just Alabama and Auburn, is it? I mean, there are other really good schools with really good athletic departments, uh, not only in football, but in baseball as well in the state of Alabama. Absolutely. We were some of the full-time guys were, were talking about recruiting the other day, and um, some of these high school coaches kind of see, just don't really get how good these programs are, especially at UAB and Troy at South Alabama and trying to pass off guys that um, aren't good enough. But, like, we recruit the same guys as Alabama and Auburn. We, we recruit the same the same caliber player because those guys can't take everybody. Um, and there's so much talent in the state of Alabama and, and even in Mississippi and the surrounding states that um, – you're recruited at a high level, um, just like Alabama and Auburn, because they can't take everybody. Correct. And, and those three schools have had a direct impact on Southern Miss football, I'm going to tell you, because there was a day that Southern Miss just dominated uh, what you're saying, the Alabama kids, the kids on the panhandle that maybe didn't get the you know scholarship offers to Alabama, Auburn, Florida State. Southern Miss went in there and got a lot of those, but now – now that pie is divided up because uh, Troy goes and gets its share of really quality kids. Absolutely. I, I do think uh, I have the utmost respect for, for Coach Hall, Will Hall, I, and everything I've heard from him. Uh, he's a heck of a recruiter and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Hall could come in come in Alabama and, and steal a few few kids from the state. Right. So there's quite a recruiting war that goes on in Mississippi, Alabama, and I think the Florida Panhandle, and Louisiana, I guess, as well, between those four schools, Troy, South Alabama, UAB, Southern Miss. Absolutely. Um, everybody's fighting for the same kids, um, and those kids just got to kind of pick what's best for them. And, and that's the thing when you get into this college coaching thing is you've got to, for me personally, it's what's best for the kid. Like, if I want you really, really bad, but it, you choose to go to – to UAB or South Alabama, so be it. Like, that's what's best for you, and I care about you more than just what you can do for me on the football team, what's best for your future. All right, Alex, you're a graduate assistant offensive coach right now at uh, Troy. You started out, though, you were quarterback at Oak Grove High School, uh, finished there in 2016. Talk about your time at Oak Grove, and what was the road that led you from Oak Grove to where you are now? Absolutely. I love my time in Oak Grove. I'm still very close with uh, Coach Barr and Coach Causey and those guys that are still still at Oak Grove. Or obviously, Coach Barr's not coaching at Oak Grove anymore, but he's still around. And I'm still very close to them. I loved, I loved my time at Oak Grove. Um, I mean, it, it honestly prepared me to um, for where I'm at now. So I graduated from Oak Grove. I played at Jones Junior College um, for two years and then went to Mississippi State as a student as a student coach for two years and then um, moved on to a, a small D2 school up in North Texas called Midwestern State who just beat the number six team in the country this, this past week. So shout out to Midwestern State. And then um, moved on to Troy here. I got here in um, about three days before fall camp started. So still a little fresh, still a little new, still trying to learn, but um, 
that's where I'm at now. So to come back to Hattiesburg Saturday night with Troy University to play in the Rock against Southern Miss, uh, Oak Grove kid, that that's got to be quite an experience for you, I would think. It is a um, little mixed emotions. Obviously, want to want to win the game, but I want um, my friends who are coaching at Southern Miss and playing at Southern Miss to 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 do well, and I wish the best for them. But um, I got a lot of friends. My family, my parents, and my sister actually are not going to be there. Um, they have a wedding to go to in Indianapolis. Um, so my dad, my dad says he might fake uh, tell my mom he's feeling like he has COVID symptoms so he can get out of the wedding to uh, to come to the game. But um, I got a, I got a lot of friends and um, friends, parents, and families that are that are going to come. Easy choice: football game or wedding. I, I'm, I I'm going with your dad, Alex, every time. Right. All right, Luke, what have you had else for Alex? Got about a minute and a half left. About a minute left, Alex. Uh, just your initial, uh, you know, interacting uh, over a month and a half with Sunbelt. There, there's talk of Southern Miss out there today. All all smoke as of the uh, the moment, no fire at all. But there's been talks of Southern Miss, uh, you know, might potentially go to the Sunbelt. And uh, you've talked a little bit about, you know, a few of the regional programs. But just uh, your initial, you know, uh, your initial impressions of the conference as a whole. I mean, I think the Sun Belt's great football. I mean, you have you have Troy, South Alabama. Um, you got Coastal Carolina in there that that made made a run last year, and you got App State in there. I mean, you got really really quality football teams that are led by great coaches, and and you can't find much better football around the country. <laughs> Man, we uh, we appreciate your time today, Alex. And uh, you know, just just let them know um, the nasty bunch is is on the way back, and uh, we hope for a real good game in the Rock. And a uh, man, y'all have a safe trip in. Bring some peanuts because that's where you, that's the peanut capital of the world over there. So make sure you bring some peanuts for us, and we'll see you in the Rock Saturday night. Absolutely, appreciate you guys. All right, everybody. Alex Ward is a graduate assistant, offensive coach at Troy University former Oak Grove quarterback, coming back to the Berg uh, with the Troy Trojans. Should be a great night for him. All right, when we come back, Tim Hallman, he has a lot of great memories. He was a really fine offensive lineman back in his day for the Golden Eagles, and he is next on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, Eagles defeat Grambling 37 to nothing. Uh, Trey Lowe injured, still waiting possible uh, ramifications of that injury, and expect to hear something from Coach Will Hall tomorrow. We'll bring you that, of course, on the Eagle Hour. Ty Keys comes in. Frank Gore goes for 150-plus, and uh, just a good night for the Golden Eagles. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. 8.95 lunch every single day, Monday Night Football on tonight. 
Fourth Street Barn Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Bob, uh, one of Coach Carmody's former players, and I, I'm just looking at, I mean, they, they started this in the mid-'80s. This is when we started piling up the wins right. on Mississippi State, and this is uh, one of the last times, or, or the last time, Ole Miss played us. I was a year old, uh, but the Eagles went 2-0 and against Ole Miss in 1983. And 1984, and never have heard back from Oxford since. <laughs> Tim Hallman was an offensive lineman in that era of Golden Eagle football. A great guy, and uh, we're glad to have you back on the show. You you played for the sweetheart. You played for Big Nasty, who who never never uttered a bad word. Am I right about that, Tim? Well, I wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> Coach Carmody was he's a great guy, and I've got to meet him or be around him more after the playing days, but. Uh, you know, Coach Cormody had this look, uh, and you knew what that look was. But uh, he was uh, he he commanded the presence, and uh, he uh, demanded attention. And he, he's a great guy, good coach. Yeah, let me tell you, Tim. I, I spent a couple of those years as the sports director of a local TV station, and I got that look more than one time from uh, Coach Cormody. And I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. But I got to tell you this: we've we've had him on the show a couple of times since it, since his book came out during the time that his book came out, mm-hmm. and he was a delightful guest and a, just a real gentle, sweet guy. And uh, in my view, maybe the best college football coach that ever coached in Mississippi. Because if you look at his track record. As a defensive coordinator at all three mm-hmm. Division One schools, that that's unprecedented. It is. Uh, he was a great defensive coach, and uh, even in the NFL, I think they led the uh, the league in sacks when he was up there. I believe he mm-hmm. was with possibly the Bills. That's correct. Maybe. That's correct. That's correct. But yeah, he had a great defensive mind. All right, so tell us how you got to Southern Miss and uh, your best memories of uh, your time as an offensive lineman for the Golden as Luke said, and, and really in the heyday of Southern Miss football. <laughs> well, we were kind of in between. I got there uh, a year after Reggie, and then Brett came in while I was a senior. But I think we went through maybe 20, 25 quarterbacks in that time <laughs> trying to find uh, the right one with injuries and whatnot. But uh, Coach Damus Coleman, who's probably one of the finest men that I've ever met, uh, I think he got lost somewhere between Tuscaloosa and Montgomery, Alabama, where I lived, and uh, came and recruited me, then um, ended up offering me a scholarship, so that's what got me to Hattiesburg. And you played uh, you played with a pretty good quarterback, did you? Yeah, Brett. I remember when Brett came in um, as a senior. I really thought uh, Coach Carmody had lost his mind. I said, what is he putting a 17-year-old in here for? Uh, but there you go. The rest is history on, you know. That was, a, that was against that Tulane, time. right? Tulane in the it Rock, was. if I'm not mistaken. about 115 degrees. Right. I, I do remember that. I'm, I'm going to tell you this quick story, and then we'll get Luke involved. I was up on the photo deck in the stadium that day, and I was standing there with my good friend Regal Napier, who at the time was the uh, sports information director mm-hmm. at Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this. When Coach Carmody went over and put him in the in the game, Regal looked at me and said, keep your eye on this kid. He's got a chance to be good. Oh, that's <laughs> and, great. And, and as you say, the rest is history, right? That's right, because we were only around each other for maybe six weeks until that time. And uh, 
I think he was somewhere on fifth on the depth chart and possibly third the day of the game and just really wasn't expecting him to play. But it's coach just knew something and put him in, and uh, he had a great game and a great year and a great career. Yeah, no question. All right, uh, Luke, get in here with Tim Holman. Tim, what was it? Last question about Favre, but I mean, when when after you know that get two lane game and then at practice, and was he one of those guys that commanded the huddle? And you could you know, as you were uh, you know a fifth year senior, you just said, mm-hmm. okay, this is my quarterback, even though he's way younger than me. Oh yeah, he uh, he just had that presence about him. Uh, great athlete. Uh, didn't realize how good his arm was, uh, but it was as we know, it was uh, he could throw the ball very hard, uh, but he just would. Like I said, the gunslinger just kind of would make stuff, make things happen, make plays happen, and uh, uh, he was off to a good start that year, no doubt. There was when you when you look back at at the games that you played in. I mean, there's very few big college atmospheres that you did not play. I mean, Louisville, Alabama, mm-hmm. Auburn, Texas A and M, Mississippi State. Which one of those really stands out to you as the best atmosphere, or was it the games in Jackson against State and Ole Miss? Well, games in Jackson were always great because the, the stadium was packed, um, and it was just that was a great atmosphere. But it was great to go back to. Uh, I grew up near Tuscaloosa. It was great to go back there. That was back when Bryant Denny Stadium was like fifty eight thousand. You know, they doubled in size then. Auburn was a great atmosphere. Texas A and M. Now, when they when the cadets get on the horses right behind you and they start singing the war chant, war hymns, you know you. You can't you can't help but turn around and look, and that was pretty amazing. Um, that was very interesting. Florida State, very good because you know they come out with the horse before when he threw threw the javelin or the spear down into the ground, and the horse left some droppings out there. And <laughs> I remember we went on the field, and I said, heard another lineman kind of saying a few harsh words. And I said, "What is it?" He said, "That dead gum horse." <laughs> Pooped on the field in a in a and it's all he had to put his he was put his hand down in it in his stance so that's a little things like that. But well, I tried to be Jim Jim Stump Taylor had it the next to. year. Stump Stump always told us when he played at Florida State and he was on a freshman on the sideline and and Chief uh, whatever his name is come and and threw the spear down. I think Jim left some droppings on the field. He whenever right at his feet. Yeah. That. So it was Stump, intimidating. I bet Stump did. There's no doubt that he did. <laughs> you know, oh boy, West Jones. I'm sure he did. I, I got to take you back to what you said about Jackson. I think maybe the greatest football memories I have as a Southern Miss fan were some of those games in Jackson, Tim, and you're exactly right. A 60,000-seat stadium, and when the Golden Eagles played up there, by God, half of it was solid gold, and the atmosphere was intense and exciting, and you could just almost cut it with a knife. Am I wrong about that? Absolutely not. It was just – there wasn't an available seat, and it was just – you know, you know the. Uh, I think the teams enjoyed playing each other, uh, especially the guys from Mississippi that knew each other and grew up playing with each other. They enjoyed that on the field, but uh, from the stands, it was uh, always uh, very exciting, very yeah. exciting crowds. Is it safe? And the games were in the games were pretty close, to, and the games were all yeah, good. The games Man. were good. There was a lot of animosity between particularly the Ole Miss crowds and the Southern Miss crowds. But on the field, was that the case, or was it 
a, a case more of mutual respect, and a lot of you guys knew one another. It's mutual respect. You didn't see a lot of that come out. Everybody was just trying to do the job, so you didn't have a lot of time. I, you know, you would hear some jawing. Don't get me wrong. A uh, little bumping after the play and whatnot, but uh, overall it was uh, mutual respect. All right, one game that sticks out in your mind when you think back on your time at Southern Miss, what what would that be? You know, I loved when we went up to Louisville and beat them by like 50 or 60 points when Howard Schnellenberger was coaching because I never forgot we were going in at halftime and a lot of the coaches were giving us the birds and flipping us off. And I'm like, why are they doing that? We, I mean, we just had a great game. But, the, uh, but it was nice beating beating him like that because he was kind of a hothead. But uh, going back to Jackson, Mississippi State, like I said, another close game. It was the, the drive, the 98-yard drive at the end of the game that uh, when Shelton scored, that was, you know, it was just the right place, right time, right atmosphere, and it, and it worked. And that, I'll never forget that. Yeah, you're right. You, you reminded me of that, the 98-yard, the drive. Uh, 98 yards to win that game. What a, what a magnificent it was, uh, afternoon. It was Shelton's, like, 13th touchdown of the day, that that game, too, I think. He he had a pretty good day. He did. Uh, but Shelton's a good buddy of mine, and he was uh, always great to block for. No question. And one of the funniest guys you've ever been around, too. Yeah, no question. Well, you know what? We could talk to you for hours about those days of Southern Miss football, but Unfortunately, we're out of time. I do want you to know we've enjoyed our conversation with you today. If you don't know Tim Hallman, he's a great guy and uh, a, a true Golden Eagle. And, Tim, it's always a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you, guys. I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. All right. Tim Hallman, everybody. Great offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles and Big Nasty. We'll be right back. segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. DBATHattiesburg.com on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Golf is at the Jim Rivers Intercollegiate, hosted by Louisiana Tech. Southern Miss in third place right now, shooting five under as a team, two under today. So a gold, Golden Eagles competing against LSU, UTSA, Houston. Hey, we're ahead of South Alabama, guys. We're ahead of them right now. And we're ahead of Troy, so get after it, golf team. They're uh, over at Louisiana Tech. Uh, volleyball this weekend, uh, they dropped three matches of South Alabama, Nichols, and Jacksonville State. They will get ready for the Southern Miss Classic this 
coming Friday. And then soccer was supposed to play uh, some Bulldogs in Starkville, but I think Mississippi State actually had to uh, pull out of that game. I'm not sure exactly why, but it's been postponed, and it will be rescheduled. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly, some uh, some game time changes, Conference USA, but also with Southern Miss. Yeah, real quick. I mean, have the Eagles have we beaten South Alabama in anything? Checkers, tiddlywinks. No, no, Kelly. That's the answer. No, <laughs> you got You talk about a team that's got our number, but it's only temporary, mind you. Uh, yeah, a couple scheduling changes on September twenty fifth, Saturday the twenty fifth, the UTSA Memphis game. Uh, that is going to be played at Memphis. That has been picked up by ESPNU. That's going to be a 2.30 start. That's a, a change um, up to a 2.30 start because of coverage for ESPNU. And it was announced this morning by the conference that the UAB Tulane football game, as our buddy would say, UAB and Tulane at New Orleans is now again going to be played at New Orleans. Um, luckily and gratefully, the uh, the trucks down there are getting – Power restored a little quicker than, than they thought they would be able to. So UAB and Tulane are going to play at Tulane, at uh, New Orleans as originally scheduled. And real quick, I just want to say, you know, when you go around tailgating and stuff on Saturdays, when somebody comes up to you and says, to the top, the, the, the response should be, to the top. And you go, well, duh. But, I mean, I, I'm just amazed at the number of times you'll say to somebody, to the top, and they'll just look at you and go, um, yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> you know. So if, if this thing is what gonna, are we supposed to say, Kelly? To the top. If yes. I if I look at you and say, "Hey, look, to the top," you're supposed to say, "I'd to say the to the top." That's uh, it. Uh, one game you didn't mention, and Luke mentioned uh, the Alabama game, six thirty on the SEC TV network. Is that right, Luke? That's right. Uh, Saturday, September twenty fifth, six thirty on SEC Network. Uh, Kelly, you you made an interesting, colorful comment about that that uh, prime time. Yeah, yeah, to be the first. Oh boy, um, it's. Uh, Go ahead, Center. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I threw you under the bus. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I, 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 hope, I hope. Hey, I can move not, on. I can move on. Don't worry about no, it. No, I was yeah. just gonna say. I hope it's not the first televised funeral since Princess Diana. Right, um, right, right. I hope we'll be able to. To hang with them and day. real quickly, I, Look, Luke Kelly also uh, announced there's another change that uh, the Cincinnati Bengals won yesterday, and that's going to be on this week's episode of Ripley's Believe It or Not. Is that correct? <laughs> How about <laughs> the Bengals? <laughs> yeah. How about Joe Burrow throwing it up to Jamar Chase and then beating uh, the Vikings in overtime? I swore when the Vikings, you know, were charged in overtime there. Um, and when Dalvin Cook supposedly fumbled, I'm not sure that he did, but usually the Bengals uh, come out on the short end of those calls, but they got the call. And then the rookie kicker uh, put it through for the win. So, um, good. look, I'm thrilled to death. I think it's the first time since Dwight Eisenhower was president that the Bengals have started the season. What? One and oh. Wait a minute. They weren't in the league. I really, but it's, it's been a long I really time. thought it was going to be a tie. But Burrow moved them in position. So we know Conference USA goes 7-7 seven and seven, um, this week. In the picks, Kelly, you win oh, week two. No. Oh, no. Well, you go 7-4. Like and four. You go 7-4. and four. Bob goes 6-5. and five. We should mention Bob went 0-3. Oh 
I hadn't bragged at all on the Saints today. I'll get to that later in the week. Bob went 0 and 3 in the NFL. Bob ties me. I went 6 and 5. Kelly, you missed uh, Georgia Southern at FAU. FAU won 38 6. Yeah. Uh, Texas State beat FIU. We missed that one. And uh, we missed the, the Vikings and the Washington football team. Bob and I, uh, what else did we miss? Bob missed the Packers because he's a Packers over the Saints. And Rice got stung 44-7 to by Houston. And then I picked uh, – yeah, I, I made a stupid one. decision. I picked Western Kentucky, who almost beat Army. Yeah, they but, did. Uh, Bob and I go six and five. Kelly goes seven and four in week two picks. But see, that concern, what concerns me about that Texas State win over FIU is that's another Sun Belt win over Conference USA. Right. No you question. know, the Conference USA the, as a conference not doing very well against the Sun Belt, uh, and and that'll be something that people should look at. You know, when it comes to making a move, if indeed there are any moves, I just want you know, and we're going to continue to follow this story, rumor, whatever you want to call it. But if there is some movement that takes place and the Eagles don't get out of Conference USA, that's going to be the worst news in the history of the school, athletically, I think. All right, Lee Roberts on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Kelly will be rejoining us. Heath Hinton as well. We look forward to the show. We hope you'll join us then. Until that time tomorrow, everybody, Southern Miss. To To the the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.